So, greetings and salutations. It is Sunday, the 20th of February in the year 2022, and that once again is significant. If you look at the numerology of 20 and 02 and 2022, you've got basically a two, a two, a two, and another two. So two, four, six, eight, ten. And the one and the zero cancel out the zero and you're left with a one, a prime number. Prime numbers are always best referenced as beginnings, where things first start to evolve. And where we arrive on the eve of this new seven-day cycle, as we've just had an incredibly powerful full moon in Leo, not to mention that we've had another second aspect of the Mars and Venus conjunction where for the first time Mars has actually passed Venus whereas in normal evolutionary astrology Venus always passes Mars so that's significant because it means essentially that Mars has diluted the power of Venus and Venus of course is still in her dark shadow period as she's come out of retrograde and she's pushing to go direct but she's struggling Mars is holding her back. So Mars and Leo have brought a lot of fire into our lives. The fire is that need to get stuff out there, a need to, a burning internal need, if you like, to speak your truth, regardless of how it's received, reacted to, or in the 3D speak, the consequences. Most people react to truth at this sort of time when there's a lot of fire for the first time in the sky with a certain level of disbelief, a certain level of, oh, you can't be serious. You can't tell me that's really happening. Well, just look around. You only have to really look around and open those illusory eyes of yours to notice that things are on the surface seem as if there's a coming together it seems to be a certain level of awakened unification but it's really part of a larger smoke screen and there's not a lot of that around someone said very aptly there's not a lot of love in the air at the moment there's a lot more judgment there's a lot more feeling sort of a kind of a contempt for not being acknowledged, for not being received, and for many, for not even being seen. So it's important to understand that this is all part of a very carefully constructed, crafted, and thought out revolutionary cycle that is signaling the end of our experiential status in Capricorn. Capricorn has seen us, as the goat depicts, hanging on to our threads of survival on the side of the mountain, hoping we don't fall off. And many of us have fallen off. And many of us are finding it really, really difficult to be able to 
claw our way slowly to the top of the hole that we've created for ourselves because even though we perceive the external world to be the cause of all of our human problems, everything exists, permeates and radiates from within. And the more that we understand that we self-perpetuate our own delusion, our own misgivings, our own misfortunes, the quicker we're going to be able to reverse its polarity and take care of it. How do we take care of something that seems to be a never-ending cycle, a constant barrage against our illusory senses, one would ask? To wake in the morning and to feel gratitude for anything. It doesn't matter how small it is. And I don't need to go into any examples. Gratitude is self-explanatory. Be grateful. And by being grateful, you acknowledge your place in this divine tapestry of the cosmos. You acknowledge your place and your role in divine, God's divine plan. So much conjecture and yet so much revelation within the conjecture helps us to rise above our own misconceptions, our own misfortunes. And this has been incredibly reflective for self in dreaming. The dreaming has always been where I've said to those that continue to tune in and receive my internal wisdom, I live a true and a real and a very visceral life in my dreaming. And in this so-called feedback loop of the 3D, I live a very predictable and very conditioned and or programmed life. So the more that I experience in my dreaming and the more that I can drag from my dreaming into my so-called conscious life, the more I start to push away and dissolve those attachments that I have to the 3D. Now the big fallout, the downfall if you like, and the fallout of that is you're going to go through this journey which is a kind of a more intensified and amplified dark night of the soul because it's never ending, it's a constant. And the more that we get used to the fact that this world that we now experience and find our value in is a constant. Just like in maths, the mathematical language of the universe is based on constants. Something that is always there. In numerology, there is a constant. In astrology, there is a constant. In alchemy, there is a constant. And the constant that's emerged for many on our beautiful, beloved planet is the reversed consciousness and the ones who hold the reversed consciousness, which for this particular insight 
invocation, if you like, will be about the reverse ones. So in order to understand the conceptual idea of the reverse ones, particularly as it correlates and relates to the astrology that I've just shared with you, we need to go way, way, way back in the illusory perspective of time. There is a knowledge, an internal, an all-knowing knowledge about Atlantis. There is knowledge about Lemuria and Mu. And as this knowledge becomes more clearly visible, I began to go through this remembrance. And I would say on being on Earth and the different civilizations on Earth, and realizing that a lot of the stuff that we're thinking or perceiving through our conditioning is extraterrestrial, is actually Earth operating in a different frequency. And that has a lot of the so-called star systems that we talk about in esoterics, whether it's the Pleiadian, whether it's the Arcturian, whether it's the Sirius B and so on and so forth, and part of the language of an outer world is really right here, right now. And that these, a lot of these star systems that we associate with, they're primarily points of initiation for humankind that also represent a specific timeline of humankind but that we can't actually access the referencing and or meaning of that timeline or the integrated value of that timeline of consciousness unless we understand the initiation first. So here's a specific meaning in initiation for any star system serious for humanity stars and every star in a stargate every star is a completed cycle every star is an ascended point of consciousness itself and we have to understand what that is to understand the civilization associated with that and being associated with that before it was kind of like a wild west anything goes to me and I was just sort of picking up different radio and transmission signals and just sharing them willy-nilly because that's all I knew when I first started to study our ancient history and the origins of our planet and my psychic development started to go very deeply into very closely guarded information to the temple cultures that I knew I had been personally associated with. And the school spirituality that was also how I was associated with in Atlantis and my role in Mu and Lemuria as parts or aspects 
fragmented in the fabric of time-space throughout my different timelines. Through all this, I began to realize that we don't actually truly understand a lot of stuff that we think we do. And we're attributing a lot of stuff as being outer worldly or extraterrestrial when it's really Earth in a different density or dimension or timeline directly associated with Earth from a different dimension or density. And I noticed this pervasive narrative to draw humanity out of its sovereignty by always saying that interdimensionals were primarily extraterrestrials first, that all high technology came from extraterrestrial beings from another world. Coming here is inherent beings that were here long, long time before. And they saw humanity as children or slaves or slave races or root races and other things just like this. And I've since now, I no longer adhere to that as being the truest form or explanation for extraterrestrials or even for humanity's evolution at large. Just because we sink into a dark age and lose all the technology in the process and lose all the memories of what Earth has to be and what humanity reflected itself to be, does it mean it doesn't exist? And I see that we lost our memory at that time of who we were. Our initiation, again, at that point had failed. Now I see a lot of this idea in ETs being from out there as being this weird kind of opportunity to almost remove us from our sovereignty of our own history, of our own truly noble birthright, of our exalted past, and of our notion of free will itself. And so now I'm very, very, very careful about how I speak about ETs. I like to use an interdimensional encompassing example because I'd like to train or reprogram the mind to go into more interdimensional thinking rather than remove that extraneous energy coming in as reflections of saviour consciousness, coming in as parents, coming in to teach humanity like a baby is being taught by a parental perspective. And this whole kind of idea is we need to have this federation or this group of exalted people come in and just teach us all this stuff really is quite hollow. And more people are kind of waking up to that fact more and more. 
So now we need more than ever before, particularly when we have this much fire in the sky, to remember who we are, because we remember who we were. And we need to rise into our stellar birthright, which does not include weird, hybridized people from a lower breakaway civilization coming in and saying, hey, we're your parents. We're this federation of unified, splinteral, fragmented groups, and we're here to reveal to all of you this incredible technology that will help you to evolve into much higher densities, more superior densities of expression and consciousness. No, we are here to remember that we have invented this technology before. We've been exactly where we stand right now before. And many human beings have been connected to Atlantis and Lemuria and have been creating this advanced civilization and they're designed to remember and create it all over again. This is the programmed feedback loop that all of us in some way need to experience and then find the internal love and the deeper compassion for self in order to break out of it. So we can't have these people, entities, dimensionals, or multi-dimensionals, interdimensionals, coming in and bestowing it upon us because it's been basically stolen and taken away from us. And to say that here you are, children, you are one of our true high value experiments and you've, in, you, you've passed your initiation, you've proved your worth, your worthiness and your valour, and now you can have this technology and we will restore it once again for you. So putting that into a simple everyday context, I know we, that we have fallen, that we are in a fallen state and that we are only rising now as we move into a golden age that allows us to develop exponentially, organically, in a naturally unfolding timeline and that we don't need anyone to support us in that development. We don't need any outer-worldly or falsely represented ET connection in order to fulfill that because each one of us are blessed with our own gifts and are being asked by source to contribute your gifts to society, to the collective as a whole. And when you're doing that, you will remember who you are and you will channel incredible new infrastructures that will help you move seamlessly out of the head and back into the heart. On a more physical level, you will channel incredible gardens that can be built and how to live more symbiotically with the earth 
that is to live in direct unity with the earth, like the indigenous so aptly do. They were programmed completely differently because part of their journey was to overcome suppression and the oppression that they received from those claiming the dominion over, the t over them. You will channel amazing ways to use free energy technology. You will channel a better way to integrate the political and the socio-political systems, including the rebirth of the financial system in an effort to be self-serving so that everyone operates at the same level and no hierarchy actually exists. You will remember you and it's inside of you a reflection of the God particle, if you like, and it's all going to come out. We're all going to get a chance to witness the coming, the quickening, as referred to in ancient texts and scribes. But with every positive comes the polarity of the negative pole. We will have to be very careful with this idea of an external society coming from it and being like, um, oh, by the way, here's all this amazing technology from the ETs and the progenitors claiming that we created you. Because where does that leave us as children growing into our own mature states of being. And are we are about to graduate? Well, think about that. I believe that we can't graduate if we think we're children, if we're still operating in the student modality where our thoughts being observed by ourselves in a certain manner collapse into a form that demonstrate that we're not really in charge of the higher self-expression but operating in a more lower vibration back in that learning childlike beingness. So I wanted to share that with you before I speak about someone like Bashar or Ishtar because I think that's relevant in my transition as somebody who I would say specializes to a greater degree in cosmic information. Certain avatars, whether they're humanoid or whether they're demonoid or whether they're otherworldly, or whether they're a walk-in experience, or any which way you perceive it, can be reflective of the glue to bring the infinite offspring, that is we, 
back into connection with the infinite being, being God, another aspect of me, so that there is that peace and that perfect harmony and that union. So Bashar was really important to me and I, and I was sort of thinking and saying that I realized that there was this lower breakaway civilization was in existence. And I realized it's deep connection to the grace and our perception of what we know to be the grace. And that the grace were basically human beings that had fallen in this fallen time scale that we've been talking about. So they had merged their consciousness, their natural biofield consciousness with too much with machines, too much with, you know, the whole Elon Musk, these fourth, third and fourth industrial revolution notions, the AI, predictive and intuitive means by which to streamline normal processes that humans were designed to be integral to. So they merged too much with technology. It became an overriding force where we became subservient and slave to this easy, more gratified way out. And as this took place, they began to lose their physicality and the bodies began to deform. And their bodies began to lose density. And the deformation, deformation, was reflective of this need or this desire to try to be gods. The search for the eternal youth, the search for immortality as it pertains to advanced technology. It sounds like an Isaac Asimov sci-fi novel, but it's so reflective of the world today. Ritual has always played a part in surpassing what seems on the surface as one gateway or portal to another. But there is always a price to pay because everything operates in positive and negative poles. Particle generators. Splitting up the quantum universe and trying to find a balanced place in it rather than too much too soon. Now these lower breakaway civilizations also pursued the conceptual idea of surpassing their normal design behavior to become gods. They wanted to be God. They believed in their right to be God. 
And in order to do that, hierarchical structures emerged, which very simply mandated that dominance over the population allowed you to step over the weak to become the strong and the stronger and merge with the concept and the concept of the to deserve, if you like, the survival of the fittest. That became a form of expression. That became a form of action reflected in all the ancient civilizations, you know, hierarchy, priest kings, the king's list, pharaohs, great purveyors and great navigators of knowledge, art, culture and truth, but not necessarily with a all-encompassing unified conscious outlook. They're not in the paradigm of, you know, we rise together, we rise by every individual being given the opportunity to share their gifts. And the greatest reflection of the human experience, even in the early stages of those breakaway civilizations, was how human beings had the ability to love each other and be of service to each other. It all starts out incredibly innocent and sentient before other interdimensionals, other parallel realities infringe upon this one and bring their dimensional laws into our focus. Now they don't perceive as they move through that technological bubble, reinforcing the feedback loop, they don't believe in the ability to love each other and believe that we all have our place to be of service. They, and I think that's a joke, you know, I think that shows a naivety that they're not in that level of consciousness. And they think that they're in the business of consuming people and consuming their energy and they become addicted to it. And so we have to understand that this is the consciousness of the psychopath. This is a psychopathic level of consciousness based around ritual, based around habitualistic behaviors that become part of their control programs. And we have to understand that this is the consciousness of these psychopaths that can't evolve because they can't move out of or develop out of this lower astral strain. And so what happens or ends up happening is that these greys were so caught up in the intricacies of what this whole kind of rising through the primordial human experience to become these gods that they de became devolved humans 
that's the best way to represent them, that they devolved, they reversed their consciousness. And this is incredibly reflective of a large gamut of the population on the planet today. More of these technologically attached AI-driven humans who are so wrapped up in social media, who are so wrapped up in egoic gratification, who are so wrapped up in their need to improve their station in life, regardless of what it means to another, that they become reversed. They become de-evolved. This is a race against the illusion of time. How many will actually... You, you really need to redefine certain phrases that are used in the so-called spiritual and lightworking community, you know, like wake up, ascension, because they're triple meanings, really. Not that many people will acknowledge that because, well, that's ignorance for you. But what I can simply say in order to reinforce this is that many people think they're evolving, becoming more attuned to the ideal of a unified conscious planet when they're actually and very cleverly being manipulated to be the exact opposite. They're de-evolved humans, therefore they are regressing rapidly. Now we can look at all these different timelines, we can explore all these different timelines, and we can talk about forgiveness and our ability to transcend our own limitations and boundaries as it relates to these timelines. We can talk about the atonement and all those things about, you know, having the so-called greys abduct us and take our DNA and terrify people for the last 50 to 70 odd years. It's all part of a forced narrative. And now there is more and more information or disinformation in a lot of cases being released to that effect. So someone like Bashar and Ishtar were great hybrids, if you believe in that sort of thing. It's a great all-encompassing being. They were reflections of the karma of the collective and being somewhat kind of trying to reinstate all that was lost in connection with these lower breakaway civilizations. So that is part of his DNA and that is part of his story. There's nothing really more to it other than looking at things on purely face value and seeing how it reflects in your own life. 
Now he's always coming from the angle of overcoming that karma, that karmic debt. But that is his story. And personally, I find it very disingenuous that the first move would not be one of atonement, meaning that if you are an entity and the biggest imprint on the society that you are representing, and therefore perhaps a lot of these most recent imprints is a massive abduction program where these other beings, these interdimensionals, are taking DNA from unsuspecting humans in an effort to try to patch up the loss of their own consciousness. The, the, the short of that is that whether or not they have a social contract or a, a pre-existing contract to experience that, they're still choosing to exploit people that are not close to the consciousness that we are at or you are at. That is something that he willingly participated in. And I find that again a little bit more disingenuous that he doesn't speak about that when he's doing his dissertations, when he's doing his channeling and the like because he should be talking about that first thing and clearing that up, clarifying the landscape from which he's going to speak from. And this is not present as a major narrative in the Bashar channel that in most times some people always ask about, well, can we get to the bottom of these so-called abductions, this, this, this need to try to reverse the break in, the, in, in these entities' consciousness in an effort to get back to some form of universal balance. Now, his answer, and many of these so-called channelers, otherworldly, interdimensional experiences is that humanity gave permission on a deeper level for those incarnated to give their DNA away for free for no promise or return and that we all agree to certain levels of pain and trauma and suffering and torture in our lives to achieve certain ends and experiences. But that's a very, you know, not a very satisfying thing for me. I think there needs to be an acknowledgement of what was done willingly, without consent, in a very deep way, because I think that Bashar presents himself as more of a teacher to humanity before really explaining what the Zetas are and what the Greys were in a really intense way, because it's simply not okay to abduct anyone. 
it's not okay for someone to pull up beside a child in a white van and pull them into the van and do experiments on them and take their genetics and then drop them off down the street with their shirt on backwards. <laughs> and it's certainly not okay to kill people in the process. This is something that is inhuman and inconsolable. This is something that has left a deep scar on humanity. And I personally have a very difficult time reconciling that part of the Shashada. Because if it were me, and I were on the interdimensional being front speaking to humanity, the first thing that I would be teaching was, hey, this happened. Something culminated and led that particular form of our species to experience that downward spiral, that fall from grace. And full disclosure, we did this. And here is why we did this. Here are the groups that we focused on for DNA extraction. This is why we made a pact with your government to do this so we could be in their airspace, so that we could move around seamlessly without detection. It needs to be full disclosure from anyone, me, you, or anyone, if I was that interdimensional being, because that would then give me a certain rite of passage. And I could sit there with everybody in the audience, as he does, until I had answered all of the burning questions at least once so that the information had been put to bed. In other words, if you're feeling as if you're being challenged, if you feel as if there's just so much bombarding your singularity as a human, and it's draining you of your life force, and it's creating negative flows of energy in your means of expressing your personality to the world, then perhaps it would be good to know that you're falling into the trap of reverse consciousness. You're becoming a reverse human. So it occurs to me that if Bashar is on the other end of things, and he is in fact the recipient of all of this human DNA knowledge and now is reconnected with emotional states and etheric states and so on, and he's on the road to regaining more of an organic life form, a regaining, that's a good word, regaining, you know, reconstituting, the opposite of gaining, Because then we would understand that these lower breakaway civilizations also had their part to play. And that maybe by looking at them from a more genuine point of view, we would understand that we have the power not to go down and repeat the same mistakes and operate as a course of that 
through some form of reflective karmic debt in the lower astral plane, which is where most of us find ourselves operating today. This kind of gives us the opportunity to reshape and reinvent, redefine the meaning we put behind fourth density, fifth density, sixth density, seventh density, and so on and so on, which are simply more clearly defined forms of expression, human expression, moving up the scale of evolving consciousness, not de-evolving. So in that sense, we're kind of needing to sort of use this fire energy to see beyond the veil of human deception and find our point of power to become human again, to take back our humanity, not to fall into the ridiculous and rigorous expression of this, this, this kind of controlled narrative of all of these Well, let's just say all of this permeated wickedness is a, probably a good way to put it. You know, there's this incredible, overwhelming level of wickedness playing out. And every now and then we catch ourselves in that circle of wickedness to realize that what we're doing is actually reflecting back on ourselves. Everything that's happening, we're doing to ourselves. We can't blame anything specific other than our own lack and capacity to sustain our higher connection to God. That is mankind's greatest challenge in my book and has always been since the dawn of time. So it's time to take our power back. It's time to use this fire energy while it's around, while Mars is really, really pushing the limits. To know that when we're talking to someone, when we're communicating, when we're integrating in public circles and groups, that we're not just vying for airtime. We just not trying to put our particular stamp of approved behavior on everything, but that we are simply offering one point of view, one level of perception for people, groups, communities, and the collective to consider. And this is why I've lost complete respect for most of the practitioners today in the esoteric communities because they're all competing against each other. And worse than that, it's still being fueled by the desire to accumulate the dollar. 
which is something I've never really understood. I mean, if we're talking about, let's talk about belief structures as it relates to literature, as it relates to art and culture, and even society rules, regulations and, and the like, why is it that on a terrestrial level, the conceptual idea of aggregating and accumulating money, wealth, assets, translates so highly into this so-called outer-worldly, galactic, celestial universes? Because it just seems to be the common denominator and it makes absolutely no sense to me. Perhaps if there was a more... I'm going to probably not really express this correctly, but let's just try. Let's say if there's more metallurgy in the form of like precious metals, which have conducting and magnetic pole properties and the ability to create vortexes and, you know, natural flows of energy and the like, um, that would seem to be something more apparent and more worthy to fight for. So all these so-called saviors that are emerging, these groups that are emerging and they're all saying, come with me, I have the answers. Come with me, I'm not operating at the same reverse conscious point as the others are. That's not true. Because anything that's new has emerged from some kind of reflective understanding or implementation of the past. This is what a feedback loop constitutes. It's a never-ending cycle. But the first thing, in a way, in order to understand reverse consciousness, those that have lost touch with their humanity, those that have lost touch with their biofield, those that have lost, lost touch with their inner joy, those that have lost touch with their inner child, those that have lost touch with their deeper connection to God, is to reinvent language, the means by which we express ourselves, and not be so locked into the rigid pattern of the way that someone says one thing and the way that it's interpreted. Because in different cultures and different timelines, the same representation can be interpreted and received in all manner of different ways. Like I said, double meaning and triple meanings. Perhaps the first step to reversing this highly emotive reverse consciousness in people is to get rid of the old histology. Think about history from the point of view of histology, his story, not her story, his story, patriarchal rule. Perhaps in dissolving the patriarchy as it stands, we automatically shift the narrative to a more we are point of view rather than an I am, I am man, I am. I think you know what I mean. So, 
Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, and so on, reflective expressions of Earth-style civilizations that are exactly the same as us, except effectively more advanced, where certain fragmented groups pushed upon the people this deeper need and desire to become God, losing touch with their place in the world. And as a natural cycle, and these are natural disaster cycles, this is not fire and brimstone from the heavens and all that malarkey. This is a natural cycle, you know, this is how basically we have planets that warm and cool and go through seismic shifts, through volcanic eruption, crystallized and crustal shifts. This is all natural. You know, the cosmological theory is still based on a very, very straightforward quantum principle allowing us to see things through, through a much clearer and a much more clearly defined lens. So how do these reverse conscious beings, referred to as the greys, referred to as Arcturians, Reptilians and the Draco and the like, come back to a more humanoid state of being? Well, without the full disclosure that I just spoke about, it's very, very difficult to assume that there is in fact a means by which to reverse engineer our fall from grace. I just don't think that we can turn around anymore like I used to believe in the ancient astronaut theory. I liked it. It, it kind of set off inspirational pulses within me to think about the great civilizations and even traveling to some of the great sacred sites on the planet invoked a certain amount of higher energy, an ability to see clearly, an ability to manifest. We've lost our ability to manifest because we're so wrapped up in dealing with the narrative we create for ourselves, which is embodied in fear. So, we all have this ability to evolve and we all have the same ability to de-evolve. And this gets down to what I've been dabbing on about forever since I kind of had that moment of pause where I began the process of reversing my beliefs and my attachments to certain things that I once held true. 
And there is a risk of finding yourself in that very personal, transpersonal is probably the right term to use, very difficult in that transpersonal journey to get yourself back to a, a, a higher balance where love, where, where the emotive nature of things like love and compassion and sharing and caring become your guidepost instead of the fear. Because it blows my mind how, oh, don't worry, you can dispel the fear by constantly being in a state of loving, you know, your fellow man and, and being compassionate and coming from a point of empathy and having gratitude for all of the offences that people draw against you when you don't realise that those offences are a reflection of you or a part of you that's drawing it against you. Now, that's really hard for anyone to understand. You're telling me that when I yell at someone in a negative manner, I might as well be standing in front of a mirror and yelling at me because that person is interconnected to the very core foundation of DNA and, and, and my RNA where there is, there is literally no degrees of separation at all. So I'm very, very weary of the terminology associated with things like the empathy or the empath. Sounds like a big crock of shit to me. There's a sensitive side to every human personality system. And there is the beast nature, easily aroused when we're triggered. And more often than not, we're triggered. Unless these days is more of that sensitive nature that emerges from a genuine and authentic point rather than from a reactionary point. Oh, I only know how to be sensitive. I only know how to be filled with empathy. I only know how to be filled with love. Be careful. That emotive state of being might not necessarily be the real deal at all. It might drag you into an even deeper hole of despair. Although you might not feel it straight away, don't worry, give it a few days, you'll feel it. So I've come to the conclusion that in order to understand reverse consciousness, in order to understand what it means to be dealing with people who are reversed in their own evolutionary state, is to simply feel the vibration. Not immediately assume that, you know, oh my God, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna to have to kind of adapt my frequency in order to just be in the same room as these people. You don't have to. You really, really don't have to. You've gotta be honest. You've got to be blankly, tough love, honest. I don't believe anymore in this whole kind of, I just got to kind of pull my head in, pull my horns in and be more placating because I don't want to trigger someone. If someone's triggered by something, it's better that it's out in the open than it gets a chance to fester and rot into some form of trauma bubble 
And then if left fully unresolved, well, then that can ultimately manifest in the form of disease and sickness, and the list goes on. So while the fire is in the sky, get into the habit to redefine the way that you turn up in the world, the way that you make yourself available to the world and its participants. Use the fire to cleanse out all of that Oh, it'll be all right. Look at what we're achieving. Look at how much we've managed to come, how far we've come. And really take stock of being fully in your power by being realistic about your circumstances and holding to the highest divine level of you, transmuting all that no longer serves. And that includes your relationships. Our relationships during this Capricorn, extensive Capricorn transit have been under fire. We've been at war. And that war is finally loosening, loosening its grip because we're about to go into Pisces season and then we're going to go into Cancer. Oh, sorry, Taurus, and then we're going to go into Cancer. So there's a kind of a settling of the energies. So this gives us a real leg up when we try to now kind of reverse the polarity of the way we think, and the way we act, the way we are, and how we turn up in the world. Because at the core is our desire, our need, our inbuilt hope to be liberated to find that liberation within. Be a walking beacon of disclosure as it relates to what it is you know, not what it is you don't know. And you will, without a shadow of a doubt start to experience a level of cosmic consciousness unlike anything you could imagine because then the universe can see that this soul is working closely with spirit to maintain its original genetics its original blueprint it's not going to fall from grace it's not going to become part of the meta-universe. It's not going to re-emerge and redefine as a meta-human. This is the real deal. This is a real soul traveler. At the moment, if you really look at the I think of what's going on, then I think the collective consciousness of society is like every person, every different soul is living in literally their own bubble. They're not really interacting 
And if we are interacting, we're interacting from behind our keyboards, our black mirrors. That human connection of being in the same space with someone, making the time that, hey, let's meet here and have a coffee and then go down and walk on the beach. There's a virtual world for people to do that now, making us more and more detached from our original blueprint stimulating our reverse consciousness. Now to bottle the ends, I'm going to put what I call a, a perception around the future. Having watched what's taken place from a very safe distance since detaching from social media that is logging out you just don't close the page that's not what how it works the darker algorithms the darker bots etc like that will continue to mine your mind while these things are actually connected you gotta log the fuck out right log out it upsets the crap out of the so-called social aggregators and those that are using anomalous content to keep you locked into a certain narrative. It really upsets them because they know there's nothing they can do. You can literally reset your browser so that it doesn't immediately draw from stored parameters, making your browsing experience really difficult. For a while there, I had to open the same website URL three times. There were three logged keystrokes that went into a database or an archive that they could monitor. So I finally figured out after doing a lot of research that there is a way to go into your preference system of your computer and delete your profile, your Chrome profile, your Mozilla profile, your torch profile and so on and then you can basically create a new profile and say no I do not want it to automatically load from the last set of existing parameters then you untick a box now when you turn on your computer and you go to hit your Firefox it asks you which profile do you want to load and you know that the profile you created is one that they don't have access to because it's brain spanking new. So you load your own profile and voila, no more tracking. Because if you noticed now there's a shield in your search bar that if you don't put a cross through it and you haven't done this sort of reset, everything is being logged. The keystrokes are being logged. You know, they can hold thousands of terabytes of data in what is known as a, a, a crystal chip. Every one of us have an allocation or an, yes, have an allocation in which our data sets are being managed, archived and managed. So with that as the backdrop, the greatest way to displace society or communities in the larger scheme 
of the human experience is to take away all that reinforces our sovereignty, our humanness, our natural biofield, our deeper connection to the cosmos, to the plasma and to the photon and to the gamma fields which create these oscillating frequency bands in which we operate not without a million and one different distractions. So what I think is coming down the pipe, and I know a few worthy practitioners are reinforcing the same ideology, is they're going to use the very means by which they gave us this platform in which to unify and bring us all together and allow us through free speech to communicate and to post and to create groups and to galvanize, you know, different soul energy together, which is the same means by which they mine everything that we do and regulate according to what they consider to be the proper moral means by which to operate. They're going to use the same algorithms and the same new AI bots to start censoring and banning any content that relates to unifying consciousness. And I've heard that in March, starting in March, just before the equinox, they're going to start banning astrology, tarot, any form of alchemy, any so-called um, groups that use apostrophe or even secret mystery school teachings, even ancients, breakaway civilizations, which I've been talking about already today, all of that is going to be targeted and predominantly removed. And this is going to really affect a lot of people's livelihood and a lot of people's expectations because many people live through the the placation ideal that a card turned up, pulled from a deck, has the ability to forecast the future. So you need to be really careful. Everything is now a larger assimilation and that larger simulation is going to become more and more real. I mean, just do your research, just go on the web and research metaverse, meta universe, meta human. Facebook is changing its name to meta. It believes that self-aware media has the ability to create a joyous and happy experience for all. There's nothing real about that. They're robbing you of real and therefore reinforcing reverse consciousness. They're reversing your consciousness so you don't want to experience a higher spiritual value. You don't want to meditate. You don't want to manifest. You don't want to find the means by which to elevate 
your standing in this life to a higher divine expression and or mission. That goes against the whole conceptual idea created by man called transhumanism and this transhumanism is what brought the greys into focus. It's what brought the reverse ones de-evolved, deformed, no longer human, grasping at straws, feeding off the energy of others in an effort to reinstate and hijack vehicles so that they can continue to sustain themselves in the next turn of the spiral because this is a never-ending feedback loop. Never-ending. You can't get off the merry-go-round. It is impossible to do so. You just continue to recycle and arrive in different vehicles on different timelines and go through the same level of pain and suffering and the list goes on. Not exactly a great way to kind of be in service to a higher order knowing that there really is no payoff and if you're looking for a payoff it's one that's very short-lived. Now, if they manage to do this, if they rob us of our deeper connection to want to reach out and communicate with each other because that's what being connected to spirit or spirit duality is really all about, then they're going to win. And I don't care what all these other so-called guardians and holders of the keys and whatever else it is and the chosen ones and any of them say about that the war is over and that we've completely debunked the system and that we have all the back door completely covered and everybody's broke and you know no one can operate and we're just going to simply find ourselves becoming more tuned in to the dissension the disunity the onset of war etc like that come on no the kingdom of God for the children of God exists within us and we can have incredibly worthy valorous ambitious lives based in joy and happiness and appreciation by maintaining our connection to spirit and by expressing our sovereignty with no limitations. That's our God-given right. And it's a damn good one. Who is able to encourage to fight the war and who is not? Who is really caught up in the chaos of the astral realm? Because as things continue to pressurize, and believe me, they are, and they will continue. What will ultimately happen is that all the different tethers of energy that we have, and every single human being is tethered into a part of their cords of connection to the earth. We will be given the choice to either exist and coexist within this higher realm of energetic expression or we will continue to fall 
and remain in a state of free fall. We all have different circuitry that we can be tapping into and pulling from. Most of us are operating in circuitry that's coming off that lower astral plane, various levels that as we experience this decompression, very much reflected in the lunation cycles and this great new solar sun cycle, because these things continue to elevate and accelerate, we are forced to reconcile all of these different little tethers, these little sort of threads, as one unified belief system. The way that we think things should work. The way that we think things should be. And it becomes more compressed and more and more and more and more compressed. So it loses its vitality, it loses its potency, and that's where we end up. We become less potent. And now our ability to be able to find the means by which to realize our true potential as sentient humans fades away. And this is ultimately the means by which we can maintain and sustain our true consciousness and this will be the great awakening for all the real awakening not this pseudo awakening pseudo awakening bring it all back to the oneness that we share by being grateful for what it is that we have and the means by which we can express it from a more discerning and liberated lens. And you will be fine. There are so many ways to protect yourself, but it all starts and stops with the right mindset. It's our thoughts that keep us locked in the prison consciousness. It's our thoughts and recurring thoughts that keep us locked with no chance of escape from the feedback loop. It's our thoughts that limit our ability to achieve our potential. And this is clearly manifested through our physicality, our mental capacity, our spirit connection to soul, and the even higher inner realm knowing to the higher density of God's great kingdom on the planet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for taking some of this on the chin. And I look forward very shortly to be available on Heartstream Radio through the Life Source Group and many incredible participants and practitioners and progenitors are going to be all lining up shortly to roll out their practical state of experiential wisdom and it's going to be a real genuine rebirth 
rebirth back into the womb of the mother, a rebirth back into that protective, nurturing, nourishing state of the Divine Father. And it all awakens deep within you if you allow it to. So remain human, hold to the highest, stay in your heart, and all will be well. Namaste.